Welcome to the Aquas Podcast, conversations about regs, funds, and governance with your host, Daniel Lawler. Hello, Shannon. Welcome to the Aquas Podcast 2020 End of Year Review. Great to have you here. I'm excited to be here. I'm a co-host on this show, but I haven't been on like what the last seven, eight. No, we, we've run run amok in your we absence. Have run amok. Uh, tell me this: Do you think there is anybody out there who is not looking forward to the end? Oh, sweet lord! Mm. Uh, maybe the inventor of Zoom. Maybe the inventor of Zoom. Good one. Uh, I'm counting down like a week Friday. That's it. Shops wrapped up. If you're closing on the 18th of December. And coming back on the 4th of January, it is two and a half weeks of chocolate sweets and wine, whiskey and boxing. And it, it doesn't matter. Whatever you need for two and a half weeks, it's heaven. So, yeah. Wake up. Wake up and it'll all be, it'll all be <laughs> over. I love how optimistic we are. I mean, nobody knows or nobody believes that's actually going to happen. But for the next two and a half weeks, we can pretend. Well, I'll go back to normal. It's been it's been a tricky year, certainly, and I don't think anybody will be sorry to see the back of it. It's been, yeah, tricky is a good word. Well, let's reflect back on how we started the year. And you've just reminded me of this because uh, as I get older, Shannon, it all fades into one. <laughs> but but we did publish our 2020 predictions at it the is start so of the funny. year. We did. And, I love uh, it. <laughs> I haven't looked at them, so you're going to surprise me with what was in there. I I'm I'm sure COVID wasn't in there. No. Uh, and everything else has kind of flown from that. So I don't know how any yeah, of these are supposed to work. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised that you did well. You know, your comments on the regular, uh, regulator relationship at an arm's length, the weight of the eyes. I mean, we've all seen that come to pass this past year. Um, fitness and probity, uh, CP86 inspections. Uh, you talked about the changing landscape of the Irish funds industry. You were quite blatant with your bye-bye smicks. Um, yeah. Idea. Well, let's take a few of them. Um, so CP86, we yeah. did have the thematic review. It did conclude there is now an expectation of at least three full-time employees or equivalent. I know that there are some questions about where that leaves SMICs. In my mind, it leaves SMICs in a position where they have to have three FTEs, uh, whether they are direct employees, which brings its own challenges, but more likely um, designated persons who are seconded for a period of time with the support team that are mm-hmm. seconded for a period of time and all of which adds up to at least three FTEs. So I, I, I remain convinced that that model is going to be tricky to operate with that level of resources. And for the most part, we're going to see them uh, migrate to, to either their own management company or a third party management company. And I know there's, you know, notwithstanding the letter, there's still some lack of clarity and people looking for guidance, which is, uh, I guess understandable, but I don't see that changing. Um, you called it on Brexit. Well, I think that's the only one I can remember. <laughs> and I think I called it by saying, I have no idea what's going to happen. And we wrote that in December last year, I think December, December 2019. And today yeah. is the 10th of December, 2020. Our friends, the Prime Minister and Ursula von der Leyen have just had their dinner last night and we still have no idea what the outcome <laughs> is going to be. So that was right. And, uh, and give us another 21 days and I don't think we will know until the very death yeah. of the year, what is going to happen. Um, so the 2020 predictions, uh, they were fun because uh, within weeks of that going out, of course, March 15th hit and the world ended as we know it. 
the world changed. <laughs> the world changed an awful lot. So I think, uh, having said that, you know, things like the relationship with the regulator at the arms set, that's definitely being seen. And you can see that, um, you can see that uh, having been a trend and, and let's call it out an issue in a lot of instances over the year. And it ebbs and flows. Uh, so that's, that's definitely played out. We talked about, um, you know, the, the regulator wants to see the whites of the eyes of senior measures. I've seen that numerous times throughout the year. We do, uh, we do preparatory the mock interviews interview. with, uh, with people who are going to have a direct engagement with the central bank. Yeah, we, um, that's been really consistent. Even your man from last month um, that we did that mock interview for, uh, he had a bit of a rough time in the opening of the interview. And then it tended to lean in his favor, but it was very much uh, arm's length, whites of the eyes, no free hits. Yeah, yeah they want to it. see senior management. They don't want to see advisors. Or, yeah. Uh, they will ask tough questions. They will give you a hard time. And that is fine because you're embedded in the business. You will know how it runs day to day. But it's fine if you're prepared and you, you, you know, have a good feel for what's to come. And you're ready. If yeah. you go in thinking it's tea and biscuits, and next thing the thumbscrews are put on and the lights shine, shine in your face, you can get a you can get a bit of a, a nasty surprise. And that's when you might find an outcome from a meeting that's that's uh, disappoints you and it leaves you in a more difficult place. So we've seen that play out absolutely over the year, and we'll continue to see that into next year in terms of how the regulator engages and who they want to engage with and how they want to engage. And COVID hasn't changed that terribly. Um, you know, those meetings still happen, albeit that they happen virtually. Um, but you're still outnumbered. You're still there on your own to uh, stand your ground and put forward your position and, and, and engage and build that relationship with the regulator as best you can. We, um, we uh, didn't dip our toe. We kind of went wading in the kids' pool over in the reg tech space. Uh, that showed up on our radar. Um, we had a lot of good fun with Raytig software, Brian Walsh over. Yes, that's over, right. Where is he? Over in Dunnybrook? Uh, they're in town. They're in town, uh, well, yeah. Lord knows where they are at the moment, but, but their, their office is in town. Yeah. So we did, we had, we had a podcast with Brian early in the year yeah. uh, where he had his own uh, take on some of the predictions, some of the predictions the that we had. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. It uh, was great. Yeah. Uh, and I think predictions, yeah, well, like everything, and, and your leaves are hostage to fortune. And in fairness, I think he punched three big fat holes in that technology section of the 2020 predictions, uh, which was great. He, he had some smart opinions on it. Um, we went and did uh, a few things with um, the impact of COVID and leadership, leading from a distance with Mark Fritz. Yeah. He was, he's got some interesting insights there. He does. And I, I guess, you know, we looked at early days of deployment of work from home and you could see that cyber would be a very big issue. Oh yes, extortion and cyber security. Yeah. And then you would look at, well, what can I learn from the experience of deploying my staff from home? Is this a model that's feasible going into the future? Do I really need an office space with a hundred desks for a hundred people or or maybe I don't? Uh, but on the flip side, how do we manage and lead teams when we don't see each other physically? Uh, how do we integrate new staff? How do, we, how do we recruit? How yeah. do we look after our juniors and give them a decent experience, both in terms of learning the ropes and, and developing experience, but also um, the social side of it uh, yeah. and that aspect. Uh, and Mark was great, particularly on the leadership side. I think uh, we did that podcast way earlier in the year 
And all of that is still playing out. Yeah. I think firms at that stage were still kind of in firefighting mode. And although working from home has proved uh, seamless is probably overstating it, but it's been, a, it, it's been functional and it's worked and it's done and it's done the job. I think until we start to get to a position where people can start to think about going back to offices, then you've got to make choices about, well, do we go back to an office? And if we go back to an office, um, how much do we go back? Um, and, and how do we try and learn and, and reap the benefits of what we've learned now and be a smarter, slimmer business into the future? And I think maybe when we did the pod on that last, this year, we're probably ahead of it, ahead of the game. I don't think firms were in a space yet to think about that or make decisions on it until they had choices. And I think next year they will have choices. and That'll yeah. be an interesting space. And so we, we may well chat again with Mark uh, and, um, and see. Sam Glenn was on that. On one of those episodes, uh, Jennifer Cahill from Savvy, we had her out um, looking at the impact of COVID on the different areas of the business. Yeah, and recruitment has still happened. Um, yeah. There was a slowdown and then there's been a pickup. But, you you know, firms have not stopped recruiting just because they're working from home, albeit uh, if you are a new member of staff and you've never physically met, met any your of your colleagues, yeah. you know, that's tough. Uh, and particularly if you're junior and, you know, a lot of the learning experience, well, I think back to my early career, was sitting in the office with the partner as they kind of went about their business. And you, you pick an awful lot up from just listening to what's going on and, and asking questions. And you don't have that the same in this working home. So correcting that into next year is going to be. I also want to throw out, um, we did an interesting podcast with Adrian Whelan. Um, under, I guess, the governance umbrella on, uh, I think we called it a special edition. This is about um, the yeah. pro Project Accent or Protect Accent. Protect Accent campaign. Yes. Yeah, that was, that was very cool. And I've had some interesting feedback just in the last two weeks on it, actually, in conversations. Adrian's name got mentioned and they're like, oh, we heard that podcast that he did with Denny. Um, so it's good to see that that's still playing out. And I think that might even get threaded into a project we're doing next year on governance over at FIMSI. I would be surprised if it doesn't make an appearance. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Um, that was, that was back in May or June of 2020. Right. Well, you reflect now on what happened over the year and I guess COVID kind of immediately jumps to mind. And then after that, it all blurs, but actually, you know, <laughs> th there was a lot, uh, a lot done over the course of the year. Um, we brought up the investors advocate, Bob Quinn. Yeah, we did a series, uh, and we, we must give Bob a shout. I, I have him in line for something else. Uh, Bob Quinn is the investors advocate. He's a, a very interesting guy, and I'm really keen to chat to somebody from an investor's perspective, because although we have a very large financial services industry here, and we have trillions in assets under administration and management, very few of the investors are here. So when you look at initiatives and, and when you you know, you're promoting ESG or you're promoting the use of key investor documents and what have you. The, the, the noise here is always from what, what's good from an industry perspective and a manager's perspective and not so much from an investor's perspective. So I was interested to, to get Bob in. So we, we've had a couple of chats. I must, we, we picked that back up next I like year Bob. as well. I, I would, um, if I were to label him and I um, don't want to normally, but I would put him in a renegade box. This is a guy who is a, opinionated. He has uh, a view on the world that probably isn't the most popular, but he's very comfortable shouting it and declaring it and doing all sorts with it. 
I mean, there's no status quo in this space. I think he, I said he, he because of the space he operates in, yeah, he has a very different view. Like he, he is a skeptic, I think. That's a good word, uh, a contrarian. Yeah, and so, <laughs> you know, if you say, oh yeah, you know, ESG's great, everybody's clowning into ESG. His, his view, um, I hope we don't misrepresent him here, but it's like, well, prove to me that these are actually businesses that take ESG seriously and that this isn't just a fad or a label that you're putting around something. Another to, marketing to try and, sell it. and also, if, if you're selling this to me or you're running this fund, um, but I see that you don't take ESG seriously in your own business, your, your carbon footprint is massive, you fly all over, you know, all, all this kind of stuff, then that leads me to think that this is nonsense and not something that is uh, anything more than a sales pitch. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Bob has plenty of opinions and he's well worth <laughs> listening to. And following on Twitter, for that matter, Bob Quinn, um, the moneyadvisors.ie is where you'll find him. Uh, we Friend to the housewives of County Kildare. Say no, <laughs> say no more. Tune into the podcast and find out what that means. <laughs> oh, take it out of context. It's okay. Let's go. <laughs> um, is it too soon to talk about Fimsy? I, I just want to mention Sam Glynn. Uh, so we did a series of videos. Seven Minute Cyber. God, he's great, isn't he? He's a good He's guy. one of my favorites. They were over on, on Sam's channel. Uh, I think actually, in fairness, we, we put them out through both channels. But Seven Minute Cyber. Did you guys ever stick to Seven Minute? Well, we had an alarm end, that would ring. I think you had to put ish on the end. Yeah. We had an alarm that would ring around six minutes. And, and you, he just liked to chat. What can I say? I, he I liked tried. to chat. I tried. No, he's a good guy because um, I said, you know, when we you take COVID, we, we went into COVID and one of the questions was, well, how do I ensure cybersecurity and people protection? And around that time, you had the central bank had issued a DRCO letter to investment firms about cybersecurity. So it was clearly on their agenda. And it's something that's continually come up again and again. Uh, so it was good to, to tune in to somebody who's in this space. We talked an awful lot, like, it is very interesting stuff because for the most part, it is not super criminals and government agencies with no, millions that are- No, it's naive employees opening emails. It's still, you know, it's still uh, an email or it yeah. is a call or it's social engineering or it's something that gets you to engage and next thing you know, yeah. you've clicked a fake link and they're in and they might sit there and watch what you're doing for a period and next thing they'll intervene and they'll send, they change the, bank transfer details and a wire transfer or, or something something sneaky like that. They're clever people, the cyber cyber criminals, uh, and keeping up with them is a, is a challenge. But it, it was funny how much of it was pretty basic, straightforward Very basic. stuff and not um, supercomputers. What, what I appreciate about Sam is um, deeply practical and very easy to understand his narrative um, in all facets of cyber. So considering he's a super tech guy, He's a techie guy, but oh, he's he proper tech. But he can string two sentences speaks, together um, in such a way that you know, even I'm not going to say the numpties in the room from a tech perspective, Danny. But you and I were able to completely follow and understand. Non-techies, that's what we call it. Non-techies. Yeah, no, no. Sam, Sam was a very easy guy to listen to and engage with. And and from my perspective, I you know, when when you look at cyber and tech, and you look down the tracks. Um, you know, chief inf information officers and new PCF role, new pre-approved control function for regulated firms. So they got to think about, you know, the, the regulator is, is sending a message with that that says, you know, firms are increasingly using tech, which is fine. It just changes the risks, but hopefully bring, you know, it does bring benefits. But you got to think about this, 
right the way up through the chain and it's got to make its way to senior management and it's not enough to rely on HQ having cyber or having the tech functionality uh, responsibility. You've got to be, a, you've got to have a handle on this within your own business here in, in Ireland and it's got to be somebody at a senior level. So, so they're flagging that. I think the natural progression for this is that in due course, maybe not 2021, but not far after, you will start to see INEDs appear with cyber and tech expertise and you will start to see financial services firms that have at director level expertise from that uh, from that perspective now, they, they may be INEDs, they may be part of the business they may be executives but i think you're going to start to see cyber and tech make its way right to the top of organizations because it's just too too much of a risk to ignore um, and it's quite foreign for non-techies we want to tune out but um i think there's comfort in having somebody with that skill set on the board we're going to see that uh, next, Fimsy. Fimsy, yes. <laughs> Finance Ireland Minicon uh, 2020. We did it on, the topic was CP86. We ran it in October. October, yes, we did. <laughs> over five days, five uh, two-hour sessions. It yeah. was a marathon. I, I don't want to talk about it. Organization and logistics were we, uh, a marathon. Wait, marathon. Well, so first of all, in case anyone just picked up that you called it Finance Ireland Minicon, uh, it is changing from Funds Ireland to Finance Ireland Minicon. Um, still fancy though. I was going to just let that lie. I didn't was going to point that out. <laughs> it is because I think as we look at the topics we want to cover in 2021. They lend themselves. Yes, yeah, some yeah. of them are industry specific to, to funds, but, but some of them are broader. So it'll be a, a, a more fancy next year, but it, some of the topics will be a broader focus. So uh, we, we chat about that in a second. But the CP86 FIMC was a lot of work to organize, but it was great. And the feedback on it made it worthwhile. Um, I guess, given that everybody and everything was done virtually this year and doing a virtual minicom, we wanted it to stand out and be something that people could engage with and enjoy. Uh, and that was different. Entertainment. From was where I was going with this. I just don't think that because you're a very staid, status quo, technical, dry sector, that your events need to play into that. So yeah. we took some liberties, we had some fun, we educated as best as we could. And for our Have first- Have you just invented year, that word? <laughs> education and entertainment simultaneously mushed together. I'm sure I'm not the first. I'm sure there's other people who have hacked Entertainment. Well, I like it. And that is what it was because we did, you know, we, we were just a bit innovative in how we sliced and diced the sessions. We had not a PowerPoint or other presentation in sight, uh, very much uh, interview and interaction based, and then drawing as much as we, as much questions as we could handle uh, out of the audience. And we now, had plenty. We had great. 11 pages of lessons learned and things to do better for our next go of it. But for the first go, I thought Jesus, we did good. It was good. And if yeah. the next one is 11 pages better, oh, yeah. 11 pages of oh, comments it'll be better, so much better. It'll, it'll be better. Yeah. So, so uh, better. it was cool. And again, thank you to our partners on that. We had Mazars, the AMX, Convergence, and Dylan Eustace all partner with us on the CB86 Minicon and come and manage sessions and deliver content. And, and it was good. It was good fun. Uh, so, in 2021, uh, we will be running some more FIMSIs. Uh, I know the first one will be in February and it's on ESG because we know in March we have a deadline for uh, a set of disclosure rules around ESG. So we want to uh, 
spend a little bit of time on that in the first film series. Are we year. inviting Bob to participate in that particular Q and A? I don't know. He might upset the crowd too much. No, that's what we need. <laughs> Friction is the way to get into a better position. Well, let's see if Bob has time. Bob. Quinn, I'll be inviting you to this BIMC. We'd love to have you in the audience for Q&A. Keep these presenters and experts on their toes. So ESG first. And then after that, we have some irons in the fire. Certainly the continued focus on fitness and probity. We've got governance. We governance Andrea Germany. I, I just want to bring her up. She's doing some great work. I've been going through some of her material on DNI and um, there will be a mini series on, I don't know if we're going to do DNI and culture and behavior um, and constructive challenge all in the same boat. We'll figure that out, but certainly, you know, it continues to be an issue that the regulator is concerned with. They have again issued a letter on fitness and probity. So, uh, for, you know, anybody who's reading the tea leaves here, if they have to issue a letter more than once on the same topic, you can tell that they are not pleased. You know, you don't continue the ish letters. You move up. You start to use different tools in your armory. If people won't listen to a DRCO letter, well, then you go down an admin sanction. Well, it's interesting so. that uh, Germany uh, Diversity and Inclusion is a consulting firm. Um, they were a prize at the FIMSI event. Oh, that's right, yes. And um, we actually had three people try and negotiate their prizes out of what they had to get the group think 45-minute training for the board. Yeah. So I think uh you know one tiny piece of data and insight but people are really interested in i think there's two sides and one side is uh, i'm interested because i believe in it and the other side is i'm interested in it because the regulator seems to believe in it and therefore i it must be oh, i'd say 95 percent of the industry is only interested because the cbi is yeah. about to pull a gun on them well yes uh, i think that there are still plenty who do it out of obligation rather than seeing it as a value add or, or something that yeah, that's fair. should be done. Uh, so I think FIMSI might try and grasp that nettle and see is there more to it than uh, virtue signaling. I think that's the... Virtue signaling, yeah, that would be the, the word. I don't know. I think until people start to really understand um, why it's important to their unique situation and hierarchy of values and the way they see the world, they will have to stay virtue signaling because there's a gap right now between um, the Central Bank of Ireland mandating uh, a vested interest in it and people really understanding why. Uh, yes, I think what will drive it though is uh, the regulator continues to publish and talk about published information on and talk about gender diversity well, at board on level. The radar. But they've also said that after nine years, we do not think you're independent. So uh, you are required to have an independent chairperson to carry out the OE role, independent chairperson of directors. You do need independence on the board, and it is good practice, and it's required by the, for example, the, the Irish Funds Corporate Governance Code. So, so that's going to prompt a rotation and a, a movement in the. I think it'll stay on the radar. Some of the I just don't think it's going to shift it from virtue signaling to meaningful transformation in the firm until we've closed the gap of why um, it's important and why there's merit to your individual um, firm personal agenda board people. Um, so until that, it'll remain virtue signaling. It will, but we'll grab that. We'll, we'll grab that nettle in, in a FIMC, I think. Uh, and the other topics 
a, I'm pretty sure we do a FIMC on the Investment Limited Partnership amendments yep. and private equity opportunities in Ireland because we can see that on the legislative side, the IIP Act amendments are making their way through the process. There seems to be some momentum behind it. On the regulator side, we see that they have published for consultation some amendments to their rulebook. So, so not only will you have a vehicle that will work, you will have a legislative, or, sorry, you will have a regulatory regime that's sensitive to the, the differences between a closed-ended private equity fund compared to everything else. So you will have some very good tools there for, for setting up and running uh, PE funds and VC funds. So that's going to be a topic next year as well, I think. Are we done? Uh, we're nearly done. I think the other one, I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, I think there's an interesting thing to do on digital assets and on cryptocurrencies because we've got the uh, markets yes. and crypto assets draft regulation as it stands. Um, and it is an area where there's potential, uh, massive potential for growth. I think, and this is the, my, my theme for, for next year, if I were in this space, and I was thinking of establishing in Europe or running a European business, I would want to get that up and running now. I would want to get it up and running before the regulation comes into effect because I can do it and design my governance, all my frameworks around what's in the draft regulation, but I don't have to go and get authorized. And there'll be a grandfathering period under the, the new rules. So you'll probably have two years to be up and running and testing and trying to operate a business like this without actually being subject to the regulator's gaze. So I'd be inclined, I was in this space, to try and get in now or get up and running uh, uh, before the regulation comes in, knowing that you can operate to that standard, learn from others that have to go through an authorization process. There's a lot of wins in that. Um, so I think we'll, we'll have a FIMC on that as well. We'll have a lot planned for next year. A lot, a lot. Um, What would you say, um, just as we wrap up, you know, what are the two or three takeaways that you have from 2020 personally um, as a direct result of COVID? Number one, I know staycation and all that, but as soon as the opportunity arises, I'm getting jabbed and I'm getting on a plane and I'm going to some sunshine or some proper heat. Second. Uh, second, um, I think that having to work from home has really opened up opportunities around, for example, with the podcasts. We've, before this, we always did podcasts. We were physically in a room with the guests. Now we've done many podcasts with people where we've been thousands of miles apart. Um, and I think we continue to do that, likewise delivering training. And a lot of the consulting and advisory that we do, we, we do that virtually, you know, through calls and Zoom meetings and what have you. So, uh, I, I can see that continuing next year, and I uh, have ambitions that our podcast guests are, are naturally cast very broad mm. on that as well. So I can I can definitely see that as something that we we see a lot of next year as well. Is that good enough? Yeah, no, that's great. Um, yeah, thank you. So for twenty twenty one, I think we will see as I said on the podcast side broader net. I think in terms of the in terms of the environment here and the business here. I think you're going to see financial stability and investment funds really become well understood as being an area that requires attention by industry. I think the regulator has been beaten on about it for a little while now, but I think industry is going to, is going to catch up on that. And that's mostly around liquidity risk management and leverage. Uh, so we're going to see we're going to see that continue to be a theme next year. We've got the AIFMD consultation. 
with the commission that closes at the end of January. I don't see that moving miles next year in terms of draft regulations coming out, but let's see. Uh, and then lastly, well, Brexit. No comment. We're just <laughs> no comment. No comment. And uh, finally, on, on CB86, the action plans are due to be finalised at the end of March. I think that's going to, I think that's going to cause quite a lot of angst and action. Um, I think that the plan that's agreed needs to be one that doesn't then require a whole other set of meetings to put into place what third party manco we're going to use or, you know, or, or whatever solution we've agreed on um, to start then in part two, looking at how we're going to do it. I think the action plan has to not only be what our preferred solution is, but how we're going to achieve it. So I think there's an awful lot in that. And I know that some are waiting for further guidance from the regulator. I don't think that's going to stop the clock. So I would personally uh, advise firms and SMICs and everybody else to crack on uh, because the time and the window gets shorter and shorter. And I don't see the regulator extending it, even if it takes them another two or three or four weeks or however long to produce another piece of guidance they're going to produce, if any. Um, so, so cracking on is my message on that one. And on that, I'm going to wrap up. That was 2021. No, that was 2020. Well, there you go. <laughs> That's the effect that 2020 has had on me. That was 2020. That was yeah. 2020. Uh, I am pleased that 2020 is over and I look forward to 2021. Yeah. Yeah. If I had a whiskey, I would drink to that right about now. Cool. Thanks, thank you very Danny. much for your time. And thank you, podcast listeners. Uh, we wish you all a great Christmas and uh, holiday season and a wonderful new year and look forward to catching up and engaging and maybe actually seeing people in person uh, in 2021. So in the meantime, take care and have a great Christmas break. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to the Equest podcast with me, Danny Lawler. If you're new to the Equest podcast, do hit the subscribe button on whatever your preferred platform for receiving podcasts is, and make sure to hit the like button if you like and enjoy the podcast. This is the last Equest podcast of 2020, and thank goodness for that. I'm pretty much done with the year, and I think everybody else is as well. So we look forward to wrapping it up over the next few weeks and then getting into 2021 with a fresh perspective and hopefully lots of good things to look forward to. For this episode, I'm joined by my regular co-host, albeit she has been uh, absent from me for, for a few episodes, uh, Shannon Eastman from Teacher Brand to Fish. You can check her out at shannoneastman.com. And we chat about 2020, look back on the course of the year. She reminded me just before we recorded that we had released 2020 predictions way back in December 2019. So we have a little fun chatting about what those predictions said. Uh, the only one I could remember was the Brexit one where we kind of said, ask me again in six months time. And, and, and that's proved to be pretty much true. Beyond that, we look at some of the other things that we got up to in 2020 and we look forward then into 2021 as to what that might hold for uh, us and for uh, the industry generally. So listen, sit back, relax, enjoy, uh, take a break from Christmas FM. And we look forward to having you on this episode of the podcast. Enjoy. Hello, podcast listeners, and welcome to this episode of the Equest podcast with me, Danny Lawler. If you're new to the Equest podcast, do hit the subscribe button on whatever your preferred 
podcast platform is. And if you like the podcast, do be sure to give it a thumbs up and let the world know. For this episode, this is our last episode of 2020, and thank goodness for that. I am pretty much done with the year, and I think everybody else is as well. So we look forward to wrapping it up over the next couple of weeks and then jumping headlong into 2021 and what it might bring for us. For this episode, I'm joined by my regular co-host, Shannon Eastman, from Teacher Brand to Fish. You can check her out at shannoneastman.com. And we look back at 2020. She reminds me that uh, I did publish 2020 predictions way back in December 2019. So we have a bit of fun looking back on what, uh, what I thought would happen in 2020 and see how right or, or wrong I was, but I sure didn't predict uh, COVID-19. So after that, we take a little look at other things we got up to during the course of 2020. Um, some work we did with Sam Glynn and Bob Quinn, look at the CP86 Minicon, uh, and some trends that we've seen emerge over the course of the year that are likely to continue into 2021. So we chat about what 2021 might hold uh, for us and also for the industry generally. There you go. Sit back, relax, enjoy, knock off Christmas FM for a few minutes. And uh, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Enjoy the show. Catch you on the other side. You've been listening to the Aquas podcast. For information about our training and advisory programs or our academy, visit aquas.ie. For more resources on regs, funds, and governance, check out our YouTube channel, Daniel Lawler, R-U-R-Q.